Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have children. Thank God. We're, we're a fruitful bunch here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Jerry, we, sometimes we have as many over there as we have over here. Uh, it's a good problem, right? Praise the Lord. As y'all remember, when we had our vision meeting, uh, we promised a lot of things we're going to be doing this year. And you remember all the announcements we made, what we're doing, and what we're going to do. But I made a promise to you that this year we would have all three of our presbyters, our overseers uh, here. And last month we had Brother Rod Aguilard. And today we're going to have Brother Jerry Cochran and his wife Denise here with us. Uh, these are people that are not only very good friends of mine, but they they married into my family. <laughs> uh, their, their son married uh, uh, my granddaughter, me and Joy's uh, daughter. So uh, they were trying to get into my family, but they 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 finally made it. Praise the Lord. But uh, let's let's welcome Brother Jerry Cochran as he comes and ministers to us. Praise the Lord. You know, not everybody can be an Italian. Right? <laughs> my uh, deceased wife, my I'm this blonde I'm sitting next to over there is my second wife. My first wife was Italian, and she said us Italians were born to rule the world. <laughs> No, 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 no. She said, "Us Italians are royal blood." Now I'm German and Scottish and Irish and American Indian, a wild mix. All right, a and uh, I said, "Listen, the Germans really messed up. We would be ruling the world, but the only mistake we made was we sided with the Italians in World <laughs> War II. That's what that's what sunk the boat. All right, praise God. But it's a great to be here and be with our dear friends." Uh, Brother Carl and Sister Dawn, tell you what, they're two of my heroes. Amen. They're courageous, they're bold, uh, very tenacious, and uh, they do it with such an excellent spirit and are an, just an extreme example of a ministry couple and a married couple. If you want to get your marriage right, just watch these two right here. Amen. Just, just watch them. Amen. And you'll, you'll learn a lot. And if you're not right, it'll conviction. And they don't have to say anything to you. It, it, it will just, right actions will, will, will do the job. Amen. And the worship team did a great, great job. Tremendous presence. Let's just thank the Lord. Amen. For showing up. Hallelujah. And, uh, of course, it's always great to have my lovely wife. You see, this year we'll be married. May, we'll be married 15 years. And uh, a miracle, we got six kids, all right, 15 years. And uh, I had three children, and then Denise had three, and now we have 15 grandchildren. We're not, not out with Brother Carl, but we hot on his tail, all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, speaking of Stephan and Dana, we, lo we love that Dana gal. I'm going to tell you, we just love, love, love her. And I said, Stephan, no pressure. I said, but I don't want any fooling around. I expect an infield full of boys from you, all right? I played a lot of ball, and, and I, I enjoy going to watch my grandsons play ball. So, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're believing for that. But when they uh, 
start have children, it's going to be interesting to watch what a little girl can do to Stefan's heart. Amen. Right. Yeah, he's he can be a rough, tough guy, but he's got a real, real tender, tender heart. Hallelujah. Um, just a little uh, update. I'm I'm pastoring again. God played a trick on me. I, I turned my church over after 34 years to my oldest son, who had been a missionary in Thailand <coughs> for 18 years, and uh, he's pastoring a church. In fact, the 17th of last month was three years, and uh, doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, but anyway, in the uh, turn of events with NRP, Brother Carl and I have been on the apostolic team of, of NRP. I was on there for 20 years. Brother Carl, I say was, they just... We just sat down from that, and there's some young guys that are coming on, okay? They can kick us off. We just said, bring some young blood up. Amen. So they're doing that. And uh, But anyway, one of the churches that uh, was part of NRP, pastor had a moral failure. And NRP came in. We came in. Uh, Brother Rod and Brother Keith were presbyters. They're extremely busy. And they said, Jerry, you have a little bit more time than, than we have. Why don't you come? Come with us so you can maybe be some boots on the ground for this whole scenario. Anyway, uh, you know, we went the first night and <clears throat> when they explained what had happened, the moral failures and all of that. And it's horrible. It's worse than a funeral. It's terrible. And, uh, uh, of course, we were concerned about the people, but God put just such a deep love in our heart for those people. And I told Brother Rod that. I said, Brother Rod, we went and picked him up and brought him up to, up there to Zachary. And uh, I said, Brother Rod, I don't know what's going on. I said, but we really love these people. He said, well, Jerry, you may wind up pastoring this church. I said, Brother Rod, I don't want to pastor a church. I said, just remember, I just turned my church over. So anyway, we were had talked about different things, and I wound up volunteering. This took place in September to the end of the year. And so I'm talking to the Lord about it. As I walk, I'll walk. Uh, most days and, and pray. I don't run because if I run, I got to pray for myself. All right. So as I, I walk and I can pray about different things. Walking in our neighborhood and I'm talking to, Lord, to the Lord about it. And there's a young couple there uh, that we're grooming to take the church. And, and he's been preaching on Wednesday nights for three years. And he's a great, great young man. He really is. And his wife, too. Tremendous young couple. Very loving, very kind, but a lot of authority and a lot of gifting in it. And we're, we're mentoring them to uh, take the church. So I'm talking to the Lord as I'm walking. I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? And we were talking about trying to implement some local pastors. You know, it's almost two hours from my house to Zachary to drive up there. We are talking about using some local pastors up there <coughs> to help us out. And uh, uh, I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? And, um, and he says, uh, what about you pastoring a church? And I literally stopped. And I turned around and I said, are you talking to me? <laughs> I said, Lord, I just turned my church over. I said, I thought I was out of the pastoring business. He spoke to me and said, I want you to pastor it for a year. So we agreed to that. I went home and Denise was praying while I was out walking and walked in the door. And I'm sitting down drinking me some water, just kind of cooling off a little bit. And she comes up beside me and she says, while you were gone, she said, you were praying, weren't you? I said, yes, I was. And she said, she said, well, while you were walking, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you, I want you two to pastor the church for a year. 
So we kind of got on the slippery slope of an ordeal, and we're in it, and we're really loving it. Amen. There's grace to do it. Hallelujah. And so uh, we have a tentative launch date in September with this new church plant. And uh, it's not set in stone. Uh, it may go longer than that. And that depends on the young couple that we're grooming to, to take the church. But it's an exciting time. Yes, Hallelujah. Of course, the church needs healing. You talk about pastor with a moral failure. Uh, and there, there were some women that were involved in the local church with this whole scenario. So the church needs some healing, and yet it's twofold. We're grooming and raising up, amen, this young couple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I just have several words I just need to release. Uh, first of all, there's, a, there's a, an anointing on Brother Carl for wealth. He's an apostolic leader. If you don't know that, he is. Amen. He has fruit of it. But there's an, he was a businessman, and there's an anointing that's here for wealth. And if you have business aspirations, you're in the right place. I heard the Lord saying that he's going to give you witty inventions and cunning ideas concerning business. And there's some of you in here that are going to be very wealthy. Don't, don't get puffed up and think you're something great. It's God that gives you it God, it's God that gives you the ability, amen, to acquire wealth. Now you gotta have to work. All right, the untold story is you gotta work. He's not talking about wealth falling out of heaven and you you know, you just sitting on your blessed assurance and not doing anything. Amen. But there's 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 going to be, amen, wealth. And the wealth is coming here. To, to finance the gospel. Finance the gospel. Now I'm going to get into this. Part of the move of God that we're going to experience is there's going to be another, another wave of, of people going to the nations. There's nations. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Amen. Only thing that can't be shaken is what? The kingdom of God. But God is shaking for revival. Hallelujah. How many know the Ukrainians... They're open to hear the gospel. That whole area of Europe, Eastern Europe primarily, is open to hear the gospel like never before. Praise God. Praise God. So it's for the kingdom. Remember, remember that, businessman. Remember it. It's for the kingdom. The wealth isn't for three, three huge, huge houses and five boats Amen. In ten cars. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. You know, how, 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 were, how did they, they build the tabernacles, the Old Testament? Offerings. That wasn't even out, didn't come out of the tithes. That came out of the offerings. Amen. And so it's important. It's important that you understand. I don't want anybody here. You're, you're in business or you have aspirations to be in business. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Praise God. I know Joey. Joey's a great businessman as well. Anybody else? Praise God. Father, I just pray for all of these that are raising their hands. Father, I thank you for the download of heaven. Father, I thank you for incredible favor. Incredible favor resting upon them, Lord. I thank you 
for giving them cunning ideas on how to acquire wealth. Father, and ideas, you're speaking to their heart, Lord, how they're going to invest in the kingdom of God and the things of God. Father, I bless them, and I bless everybody here. I bless you with the blessing of God that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow therein. I bless you in your coming in and your going out, your lying down, and in your leisure. I bless you in Jesus, 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 mighty name. I, and I just hear the Lord, incredible. Uh, uh, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to help you to get out of debt. How many of you in substantial debt? Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for helping these precious saints to get out of debt. Lord, I thank you that you're helping them to live within their means. That's the first step. You're going to help them to live within their means. And Father, you're going to give them faith to take steps that you're going to show them. Lord, that will eliminate the, the debt Lord, that they're in. Father, we just thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it. We're to owe no man anything but to love them. So, Father, we just thank you right now for it. We bless them. We bless them. We bless them. In Jesus, Jesus' name. Praise God. And this young lady right here, who, who is this? Jalen? Yeah, I just heard, heard the Lord spoke to me about you. He, he's going to be, begin to move on you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are, are you moving in that realm? Do you move in that realm already? Prophetic utterances and discerning of spirits is going to be your portion. And uh, the Lord's going to teach you. Do not ever violate what your knower is telling you. Amen. Are you married? Yeah, okay. I, 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 I don't know, you know. Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not trying to get you married, all right? <laughs> Joe Warner were here. He would say, you want me to tell you who you're going to marry? A man. <laughs> Joe's crazy. I'm going to be with Joe two weeks up in, in, in April, all right? Pray for me. Hallelujah. And, and God's going to use you powerfully, powerfully, powerfully. I see you preaching and teaching the word of God, too. There's a lot of ministry in you. Amen? Hallelujah. And the worship team. Where's Nick? Thank you, Brother Nick. He helped me out with, amen, my PowerPoint today. And the young lady, uh, lead, Taylor, okay, Taylor, leading worship. Um, the Lord wants y'all, you're preparing, and he, he, you're asking him what you should sing and when you should sing it and how you should sing it. He wants you to ask from the viewpoint of how can you release healing course it's everything is to to god amen that goes without saying but there's songs that he's going to give you that are going to bring down a healing mantle amen and i heard the lord saying that the suddenlies are getting ready to move in here we we heard it already the suddenlies of god getting ready to move in here and when that happens brother carl and and particularly you two are going to begin to get words of knowledge about healing about deliverance that needs to take place. And people are going to get healed and delivered. And they're going to get saved. Amen. As you allow the spirit of God uh, to, move, to move in you. And it, the Lord just wants to release healing. 
and the gift of healing. Lord, even the working of miracles. Father, into this church body, particularly this worship team. It's already in Brother Carl and Dawn, Lord. We, we just acknowledge, Lord, the healing that's there. God, we just thank you for many testimonies, signs and wonders, Lord, that are going to take place. Going to take place. Sure. And, and Brother Carl, I, I just see deliverance services taking place. And... and uh, well, yeah, well I, I'm, talk, I'm talking about not only an encounter. I'm talking about on a Sunday a.m. Deliverance, amen. Deliverance services. And get ready. He's going he's gonna to reorganize, amen, your, your plans sometimes that you have for a service. He's going to say, don't do that. This is what I want you to do. Amen. And Brother Carl, sometimes you're going to be speaking more extemporaneous than ever before. Amen. As the Spirit of God prompts you. Hallelujah. 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 All right. I want to talk to you out of uh, Isaiah chapter 6 message in the year King Uzziah died and this is a message that the Lord gave me the end of last year I prophesied it at our church I believe it was for our local church but I believe it's a message as well to the body of Christ about what God wants wants to do and what God is going to do amen in this particular year praise God Isaiah chapter 6 in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. One cried to one another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Lord, we just thank you today for the power of your word. Lord, we thank you for doing Lord, Lord, in this year and in the years to come, Lord, what you desire to do according to your word. Write your word today on our inward parts. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. I believe that, that the Lord is coming. I'm not going to put a date on it and a time on it for real revival. We're getting ready to see the Lord. 
high and lifted up. You understand what I'm talking about. Amen. He's coming back in undeniable power. He's coming in revival in undeniable holiness. He's he's coming in revival, amen, with undeniable signs and wonders. Hallelujah. And here we, we, we have Isaiah who sees the Lord high and lifted up, his train literally filling, amen, the temple. Now, it says here, when did this happen? The year that King Uzziah died. Uzziah, amen, his name means Jehovah is strength. And that's interesting in light of the way that he conducted his life. Isaiah means Jehovah saved. And as we're getting in, amen, to the history and background of this, Uzziah and Isaiah were cousins. Their dads were brothers. So this was a family member. He dies. Amen? Now, what is so particular about Uzziah? He reigned for 52 years, and he only did seven of that by himself. The other part, uh, remainder of the time he was uh, reigning and uh, leading as king was 17 years that he was actually doing it by himself. Hallelujah. Uh, He's an ancestor of Joseph, Jesus' natural father. Amen. And uh, he was very prosperous in his rule. There's only one other king that was considered to be more prosperous during his time of rule, and that was Solomon. So you're talking about a king Amen, that did a lot of things right. But we're going we're gonna to see it's not how you start out, it's how you finish. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Come on, faith is now. It's not how much love that you had for Jesus yesterday. It's how much love, amen, do you have for him today. And how much of him are you allowing to live in you and through you. And how much are you willing to surrender? Amen. That determines the real acid-proof test. You don't don't judge a person by gifts that they may have. You don't discern whether or not they're right. Why? Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. A man can live like a devil and operate in the gifts. Yeah. Years ago... I don't know if Brother Carl ever ran across this guy. There was a guy that put up a tent in Slidell on the south side of town over there off Old Spanish Trail. And uh, uh, people were going, and, you know, all this guy could really preach and moving in gifts, and a lot of signs and wonders were taking place. But there was a quenching in my spirit about this guy. I'd never seen him, but just... You know, we think about the mention of his name. The mention of this guy's name, something would go off on the inside of me. And at the time, I was an elder in the church in Picayune, and people from our church were going. And so we decided, my my wife and I decided to go and just kind of check this deal out. This guy could preach. He could preach as well or better than anybody I'd ever heard. He prophesied over Susie and I about ministry and about pastoring the church. It was right. Amen. What he said was right, but still there was uh, uh, something not right in my knower. Amen. And come to find out this guy was a pedophile. Yeah, 
He was a homosexual. He was going after, going after young boys. And if he's still alive, <coughs> if he's still alive, he's in prison. But could move in the gifts. Your character is the acid-proof test, and your surrendered life and your Christ-likeness is the acid-proof test. Are you the real deal? Hallelujah. So it's important to, to understand that. Again, faith is not what you once did. Faith is now. Hebrews 11 tells us that. Now faith. Hallelujah. And Uzziah didn't exercise that. He was, he was very energetic, able, wise, and pious for most of his, his 52-year reign. Now, uh, he, he moved into... And this is a warning to us, compromise and idolatry. He did a lot of right things with God, but he wouldn't pull down the high places. You know what the high places are? They would go and worship these other, other gods. And, you know, high place in Louisiana, Mardi Gras. It's a high place. Say, well, I'm not out there worshiping. Listen, if my name, you know my name, Jerry Cochran, if there's a parade that, that's given in my name and you go, you're honoring me. Right. Right, you're, you're honoring me. Not, not to mention, as Brother Carl said, raising the hands and all the other stuff, you know, which, which are forms of worship <clears throat> can be. But you're honoring, you would be honoring me if you came to that parade. These parades, most of them, no coincidence, what are, they what are the names of them? They're Greek gods, mytholo mythological gods. They're demons. Come on. This is the truth. Hallelujah. So, you know, New Orleans, we're believing for revival, but New Orleans is going to need to repent of Mardi Gras. We need to repent of Mardi Gras. Praise God. Don't shout me down. I'm going I'm to I'm throw you something, mister. Hallelujah. I'm going to throw you the word of God. And, and he entered into, you know, compromise and idolatry. He wouldn't judge the high places. You know, you may not have a graven image in your home, but what is it that's out of whack in your life? I know in my life when I first got saved, I played a lot of sports and almost cost me my marriage. I played slow pitch softball. I played baseball and basketball in high school and, and had an offer to play for the Cincinnati Reds or try, go to tryout camp and played a lot of sports. When I got saved, the Lord started dealing with me about softball. And I used to, you know, I was playing two or three nights a week, and then every weekend from February to the end of August, I was gone all over South Louisiana, Mississippi. We were playing in tournaments. And at the time, I was an alcoholic. I was drunk. I'd leave on Friday night. A lot of times, I wouldn't get home to Monday morning sometime, Monday a.m. Amen. Not the most conducive arrangement for a marriage. And God starts dealing with me about it. You know, I got saved. I wasn't drinking anymore, but... I, I was still playing softball. There's nothing the matter with a softball, Lord. Nothing the matter with it. 
And I said, Lord, you just don't really understand. This is really me. I was raised doing this. And he said, I understand. It is you, and it ain't me. I want you to lay it down. And so finally, I had to lay it down. I couldn't play, I mean, anything competitively for years. I didn't play anything competitively at all <coughs> until my boys grew up and they were old enough. We had a church team, and they, they, they were playing ball, and the Lord let me go play on the church softball team. And we had a really good team for many years. It was great. Of all the sports I ever played, I enjoyed that more than anything. But I had to lay it down. It was an idol. Still, I got, still I got to watch sports. I love to play golf. I don't play nearly as much as I used to play. But that kind of thing can be an idol for me. ESPN can be an idol. Are you with me? And Uzziah died. When is the Lord, he's, he's, he's moving on us and he's coming back to get us to die. Out of love for him. You know, he, he did, what did he do? He just gave everything. He was beat, beaten and tormented. But God's in our, our lives. Work can be a God. Some people are workaholics. The Bible says don't strive to be rich. He's not opposed to, amen, being rich or giving you the ability to do it. But if you're striving in your own strength and you're sacrificing your family and your marriage on the altar of money, that's an idol. I've talked to people I've, over the years I've, as a pastor. I would try to talk to people. Some of them wouldn't hear me, and it cost them today their divorce. Wouldn't, wouldn't, hear, wouldn't hear that. I say, why are you working like that? All these hours, you're not going, you're not there, you know, when your kids' birthdays, you're not, you're not getting, you're coming home late every night. Well, I'm working like that, you know, by the time I'm 55, I'm going to retire. They're 65 now. They broke, they got nothing, and they, amen, lost their family. It's terrible. Terrible. Hallelujah. But he entered into, he got into compromise and idolatry. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 15. He was 16 years old when he became king and reigned 32 years in Jerusalem's name. His name was, uh, was Jekyllai. His mother's name was Jekyllai. Keep going. And he did what was right, keep going in the sight of the Lord, according to all his father Amaziah had done, keep going, except the high places were not removed. And the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Between he and his dad, they allowed this to take place for almost 100 years. And, and dads, take down your idols. The idols you don't take down, your kids are going to have to fight. The giants that you don't slay, your kids and your grandkids are going to have to slay them. Amen? Be a David. Kill anything that looks close to being a giant or a Philistine. 
Amen? Any, anything that looks like the world, smells like the world, acts like the world, anything that would keep you out of the perfect will of God, kill it. Anything that potentially would get in and destroy your family, kill it. Come on, get some, get some zeal, get some courage, get some fire in you. Amen, about the things of God. If you're going to live successfully in the kingdom of God, you've got to get ready to fight. You know, if you got into the ring with who's the top boxer now, I don't, I don't even know. Who's the top, one of the top fighters anymore? Hallelujah. If you got in the ring with one of these big these heavyweight fighters and you wipe and sleep out of your eyes, you're going to get the devil beat out of you. You're going to get the snot beaten out of you. You got to get ready, amen, for the day and be prepared. Praise God. Why? We got, we got an enemy who hates us. He hates you. I'm going to tell you who he really hates. He hates your seed. He hates Jesus, yes, but he hates your seed. Amen. He wants to take your kids out. If he can get you to compromise, he can get you out of kilter. He's out to destroy you eventually and your kids. Amen. The righteous seed. So it's important to understand that. How I many you know, guys, we are the most important person in the, in the family. When we're right, amen, the success rate of the family gets astronomical. If we're off kilter, it goes the other way. can still happen, but it's much harder. Amen. There's a lot that depends on where we are spiritually and what we're standing for and how we're serving God. You know, the most important things, I believe, in the kingdom of God are not always taught. They're caught. Brother Carl and Dawn, they don't have to open their mouths about a lot of stuff. They, they do, and they can with authority. But you just have to watch them. Amen? And their kids who grew up in their home, they watched them, and they caught a lot of really good stuff they don't even know how they know it. They just know it because they've been exposed to it. And it got in them. Amen? And that's how it is in the kingdom of God. Show. Show. Um, we just had our national conference <clears throat> in, um, in, in um, February uh, of this, uh, this year down in Orlando, NRP. And our guest speakers were the Sinclairs. And they, he, they were two ex-hippies about my age. And, and uh, uh, they both musicians, very creative people. And, and she was a women's liver, big time. She didn't want to get married. She didn't even really like men because she didn't want a man trying to tell her any, what to do. And, and she wasn't, she wasn't uh, bent towards lesbianism. She just didn't want a man telling her what to do. Amen. And and so anyway, she she really gets saved. Make a long story short, she definitely didn't want kids. You know what happened to her? She marries a guy who's going to be a pastor. <laughs> and, and then she starts. She didn't want children. And he challenges her. Well, what's the Bible have to say about children? She has she has nine kids. They got nine kids. Their oldest daughter has 10 kids already. 10. 10. 
And they're beautiful, beautiful family. They have seven campuses in northeast New York. Amen. Just, just incredible, incredible. But their heart was, was the gospel. And their heart was their family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot I could say about all of that. But, but um, idolatry. And then he entered into pride and presumption. Second Chronicles 26, 16. What happened? When he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Look out when you're doing good. When are you the most vulnerable to fall? When everything is seemingly going your way, you're at your highest point and or you're at your lowest point. That's when you're most likely, amen, to, and, and available to fall. When he was strong, his heart was lifted up. He began to think, yeah, I did all this. I expanded the kingdom. There's been nobody like me since Solomon. Aren't I something? Yeah, I obey God, but I obey God. Pride. He was, lit, he was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar. <clears throat> for time's sake, we're not going to read the rest of it. What happened to him? He's burning incense. That's a no-no. He was the king, not the priest. Amen. He entered into presumptuous sin. See, when you get full of yourself, you think that you're, you can do whatever you want. You're invincible. And that God, amen, God is going to bless you. And just because things are going well for you doesn't mean that you're right with God. I know parents who were zealously served the Lord. Amen. They were Davids. And their kids are lukewarm. But everything they touch turns to gold. You want to know why that is? Their parents. They're David's. Because of David, my servant, the Lord would say to the kings, he said, I'm going to be merciful to you. Because of, and some of them was grandparents, great grandparents, because of David. When they weren't right, I'm going to be merciful to you. So just because things seemingly going good doesn't necessarily mean you're right with God. Just means that you've been blessed to have some good generational stuff passed to you. Praise God. Boy, this is a great message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about the Lord coming back. Pride and presumption. What happened? The priest confronted him. He got angry. Takes the censer. Goes to throw it up against the wall. Leprosy breaks out. Amen. In his forehead. He died. Cursed. Couldn't go into the house of God. When he died, he, he wasn't buried with the kings in their sepulcher. He, they buried him in a separate place. Started out tremendous, but he didn't endure to the end. Hallelujah. And so I want us just to be able to take some time to let the Holy Spirit inventory us. Acts 3.19, it's not in, in our, our notes or on the slide. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Repent, change of heart, change of mind with corresponding jack, and be converted. You know, Uncle Ben's converted rice? You know what that means? It, it, it can't go back to what it was. 
amen, before it was treated. Get so radically saved, there's no going back. It grabs you and you let the kingdom of God get down into your core. Um, you know, I was an, like my brother, I was an alcoholic and, and, and chemical abuser. I was definitely an alcoholic. I don't know if I was a drug addict, but I was a, an abuser. A lot of my friends, one of my friends has been in, in Angola since 1970 for murder. And, and uh, another one of my friends who was best best man at my, uh, my wedding, my first wedding, uh, I had gotten saved, was pastoring a church for years. <coughs> he was uh, same life. Alcohol and drugs. He had nine DWIs. Been in prison. And he didn't know where I lived. He didn't know how to contact me. And he was getting ready. He'd been arrested again. He was getting ready to go, amen, to court again. And he, he hears that I'm playing ball again, the church softball league. He comes out there, and he would go to all the church games looking for me. And finally, he saw me. When he saw me, saw me in the parking lot, and when he sees me, he, he runs to me, and he's crying. He said, Jerry, he said, when was the last time you did any drugs? I said, Newsom, I said, I haven't done any drugs since I've been saved. He said, when was the last time you had a drink? I said, that was shortly after I was saved. I haven't had a drink. And he, he breaks down, and he's weeping almost uncontrollably. And he wraps his arms around me and he's sobbing. He said, I needed to hear that somebody made it and that you can make it and get free from all of this. Amen. It's a time to get converted. No going back. There's people that are watching us. Watching us. He's in heaven now. He got saved. Amen. He came and lived with me after that. And we tried to disciple him. He fought the whole process. Then he got cancer. He was ready to talk turkey when he got cancer. Amen. He was ready to get down to business. Hallelujah. He accepted Jesus and believed in God to see Newsom in heaven. Amen. One day. But it's important that we really get converted. How many people are watching you? Amen. Your every action. They hear that you declare that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. That Jesus can set you free from any and everything. He can, he can make you whole. People are watching us. Hallelujah. And so we, we need to therefore repent. It's a change of mind and change of heart with corresponding actions. And be converted. How do you repent of immorality? Get your zipper saved. That's a good message for America. Is your zipper saved? Hallelujah. Get your zipper saved. Amen. Pull your pants up and keep them up. Except if you put your pajamas on and go to the bathroom. All right. If you repent, it's not only a change of mind that it's right or wrong, but you have corresponding actions with it. Get right. You know, there's certain sins that can send you to hell. You understand that? Certain sins.
Repent and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. God is looking for those that are repentant. He's looking for those that, that are wanting to be converted. He's looking for those whose heart is right towards Him. It's like a magnet. He wants to pour out from heaven. He wants to pour out and, and send the river of God, but the river will take the least course of resistance. Who is, who's hungry, amen, for Him? Who is really repentant? I know one of the things that happened to me immediately, I used to have terrible vocabulary. Almost every sentence I used had profanity in it. And then I get saved. And all of, I, would, I wasn't trying to cuss, but it would, whoop, it would shoot out. But there was a difference. After I got saved and I would cuss, I would stop it. I would start to cry and tears would come down my cheek. How could I say such things and claim to be a Christian and claim to represent the one who died for me? How could I do it? For two weeks, I couldn't talk. I didn't talk. And then I went to work. Somebody asked me, it was yes, no. Yeah, I'm going over here. I'm doing this. But it wasn't any small talk because it was wanting to come out. Amen? But I was arrested. There was something. Once I got saved, I couldn't do that anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. I'm talking about being converted. I'm talking about repenting so that times of refreshing can come from the presence of God. I'm talking about a life that's a magnet Amen for the Lord. Praise God. Uh, now, number two, the revelation of, of His Lordship and the glory of God. It, it's coming. The presence of God is coming to the house of God. We've had incredible, our church has, I have, had incredible visitations. Amen from the presence of God. In the late 1980s, early 90s, the fire of God would from time to time sit on top of our building. We were alongside the interstate in Slidell. People would drive by, pull off the interstate, and they'd pull in that parking lot where we were at. Tears would be in there. They would be sobbing and bawling. There's fire on this building. But it's holy. Amen. We would lead, we would lead them to the Lord. All kind of incredible stuff happened. Such strong presence. They would open, the, my, my boys did a youth meeting, <clears throat> my two biological sons did a youth meeting. It started at 7 o'clock one night, and the youth meeting was over at 5 o'clock the next morning. The glory of God fell. People were getting healed. These, some of these kids were getting delivered and set free. And when their parents, we used to have our life group meetings on a Friday night. I believe it was a Friday. Maybe it was a Wednesday. can't remember. But they would drop their kids off, go to their life group meeting, and then come back and pick them up. They would drop the kids off, and when they would come back in that meeting, they opened the door. They were immediately slain in the Holy Ghost. We had parents stacked up in the, like cardwood in the foyer. Presence. Presence. We went to meetings seven days a week. 
for six straight weeks. We went out of that building. We went into the Slido Municipal Auditorium that seated over a 1,000 people and filled that up. Amen. Several churches joined with us during that time. But it was glory. It was, it was presence. It was incredible, undeniable presence. Glorious. I long for it again. But you know, you know what I've, I've labored to do? I've labored to get people to pray, enter into pray like we did then. It's not, I believe revival's coming, but the hunger's not here yet. My opinion. The hunger's not here yet. I would sit in meetings. I would hear great preaching. And there would be this deep burning on, on the inside of me. That was good. But there's got to be more, God. There's got to be more. There was this hunger in me for years for more and more. And we would pray in every day, you know, in the morning. And then we would have <coughs> um, prayer an hour before every service. And it would be packed. People would come to me. Brother Jerry. You know, we're just praying an hour. Can we come and pray more than an hour? I said, well, knock yourself out. I said, you want a key? I said, you can come up here and pray all you want. Amen. But there was a hunger. There was a hunger that was in, 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 in them. Amen. For the presence and for the power of God. And, and so we need to believe God to get back to that I'm wetting, I'm wetting your whistle for revival. I'm, I'm trying to provoke you to love and good works. Amen. Revival's just not going to happen. We've got to be willing to pray the price. Hallelujah. Um, revelation of his lordship. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. It was majestic. Amen. This, this word Lord is Adonai, supreme Lord and master. What did Isaiah see? John 12, 41 tells us. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. He's writing about Jesus. Isaiah saw the glory of Jesus and saw Jesus himself. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this was a glorious, glorious time. Uh, and again, who is he, Lord and Master? He's coming back in undeniable holiness. Who's he coming to? Those who set themselves apart. That's what holy means, to be set apart for God. Praise God. Doesn't mean that you're sinless. It does mean that you're repentant when you do sin. You're not trying to justify your sin. Amen. You use the grace of God to get forgiven and get victory over that, that sin. I've heard stories about people involved in sexual immorality before they have sex with the person of the opposite sex, they would pray. Yeah. That kind of attitude, amen, does not lead, praise God, to revival, the red, uh, revelation of his lordship. In the glory of God. What's coming? Revival and reformation. I'm thrilled at what God is doing to the school boards of America. The parents are, how dare you tell me I have no say so in what my kids are going to be taught. How dare you, amen, teach them critical race theory. How dare you try to convert my kids to be homosexuals. How dare you. 
Amen. And there's a grassroots reformation that's rising up. I believe it's from God. Amen. That needs to take place and is going to even intensify with real revival. Now, what also happened? Supernatural, number three, supernatural angelic visitation came. Incredible. Angels. Um, I've had some incredible angelic visitations. I had an angel that visited me and one that visited my wife on the same day at the same time for over eight hours. And any question, this is when we first realized we were called to preach and we were called to pastor church, any question we had about the ministry instantaneously, it was answered. It was incredible. I never saw the angel, but when I got up in the morning, putting my pants on to go to work, I used to work for AT&T, I was a lineman, getting ready to put, put my pants on, put my boots on, something sat, was sitting on the bed beside me, beside my wife. Couldn't see what it was, but I'm doing this. There was something there, but it wasn't a demon. It didn't scare me. It didn't, uh, wasn't a quenching of the spirit. There was this deep peace. Go to brush my teeth. Something's over there standing beside me while I'm brushing my teeth. Get in my truck to go to work. Something got in my truck. Get in the telephone company truck. Something got in my telephone company truck and went and sat with me. I happened to be splicing cable this particular day at one spot all day long. It was a setup from God. I mean, me and God out in the middle of nowhere and this angel talking to me. Angelic visitations. Now, I didn't know enough to really ask him a lot of good questions. <laughs> yeah, I could really ask him some questions now. But, but angelic visitation. God is coming in powerful manifestations to us. To empower us. Amen. Enable us to do what he's called us to do. If you think you're incapable, join the club. God is going to visit you and convince you and empower you that you and I are more than conquerors through him who first loved us. Amen. What do you say about John the Baptist? He was the greatest of all the prophets, but the least of those in my kingdom, amen, are greater than him. Hallelujah. And so we need to step up to the plate and let God energize us and empower us. Hallelujah. Angelic visitations. Now, these were what? Seraphim. This seraph, seraphim, they're burning, fiery, gliding desert creatures. It's a fiery, fiery serf, serpent. And a root seraph, it means to set on fire or to burn. Where do the angels go? Where there's fire. Where there's the word. And that angel, by the way, we had, my wife and I were ministered to by a prophet. We had a uh, uh, we had God's covenants that we went through. It was a, uh, a study from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation topically for nine months. And then at the end, they would bring us up and they would bring a prophet in or prophets and they would lay hands on us and prophesy to us about what God wanted us to do. After he prophesied to us about ministry, it released this angelic visitation to us that next morning. Angels are there, hallelujah, and will be there to minister to you. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 tells us that they're ministering spirits. They're not all 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit, hallelujah, the kingdom of God? Praise God. Now, the mess, what is the message of the angel? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And they shouted, and it shook the post of the temple. That's what I'm talking about, undeniable glory, undeniable power. Hallelujah. But the message of heaven, one of the messages is holiness. What does it mean? To be separated. Live like a Christian. Watch a TV program as if Jesus is sitting on the seat next to you. And a good, you know, just a rule of thumb, if your kids couldn't watch it, you probably shouldn't be watching it. Hallelujah. Holiness. Holiness, power. And he says here, he said in verse 5 of, of chapter 6, he said, woe is me for I'm undone. Chapter 5 of Isaiah, there's, there's five woes. And this is the sixth woe in chapter 6. Woe is me when he, when he comes in his undeniable holiness. You should be convicted of anything Amen. In your life that's not right with God. Woe is me, for I'm a man that's undone. What an angel, another angel came, took a coal from off the altar and touched his lips. God will not spare any price, amen, when it's concerning you and I to enable us to do the will of God. Amen. He, he will move heaven. He will send his choicest messengers and angels to minister to you and to others on your behalf. Took a coal and touched his lips. What's it, lips have to do with it? Psalm, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. heals all my diseases. Amen. He, he has redeemed my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. And he satisfies my mouth with good things. It's faith. It's the declaration of faith. He's going to give you a faith declaration. A faith declaration. You know, the book of Acts <clears throat> talks about Sons and daughters prophesying, men servants, maid servants, and even your children. What's he say? Every generation is going to have a voice. God is going to empower you and so touch you and visit you to be a voice, amen, and a witness to this generation. Praise God. This is needed in America. It's needed in our churches. We need to love holiness in America again. The church in America needs to love holiness. No difference in us and our divorce statistics and the world. No difference concerning pornography. It grieves me what's being done to children around the world by men and women who get caught up in pornography. I don't get it. A man going to molest a three-year-old girl when, he's got, when they got a good-looking 25-year-old woman and he's going to fool with a little girl. What, what, what kind of craziness is that? It's perverted. That's what it does. Praise God. 
He's going to give you, amen, a voice of faith. <clears throat> uh, what was Isaiah? He was a representative of this way wayward nation. Then there's, we've talked about uh, supernatural cleansing and faith. Now, your question of heaven, skip down to verse 6 or number 6. Question of heaven is what? Who shall I send and who will go? There is a turning of focus back to the harvest field. And Brother, Brother Carl's had y'all pointed in the right direction for a while here. Amen? On the harvest. This is from God. The man that's being led by God. You're a church that God is leading, focusing back on the harvest field. Who is willing to go for me? And who shall I send? You need to hear the trumpet call of heaven. Some of you possibly can even mean to other nations of the world. Amen? He's, he's, he's going to reaching out to the nations of the world once again. There's going to be a missionary move again. Praise God. This is exciting. Hallelujah. And what's our, what should be our response? I will go. This is the recommissioning of the church, the resending and relaunching of the church. And what is our response in Psalm 2? We're not going to read it all. First of all, Psalm 2 and verse 6. You can throw that up there, 6 through 12. Yet I've set my king. On the, my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord. Amen. The uh, Lord has said to me. You are my son. He's establishing the lordship of Christ. And then verse 7. Oh it's up there. Oh okay. Okay. Help this poor old man here. All right. I will declare. The decree, the Lord has said to me, you are my son. What is it? What else is going to take place in our response? We should respond to the affirmation of the Father. One of the baptisms that you need to experience is a baptism into Jesus, baptism, amen, by water, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the fourth, is five of them, one of them is another baptism, baptism of fire, and then there is the baptism of affirmation. Very important. You have settled the sonship. The daughtership. Amen. In that relationship. You've let the father drive away from you an orphan spirit. You're not by yourself. I don't care what you're facing. Okay. Who's against you? Or what is against you? If God be for you. Who or what can be against you? Amen. But there are many people today, because they've had father wounds, when they get in a situation like that, they let the devil transpose their negative feelings for their father and experience with an earthly father or another authority figure onto God. And they, they feel like they're facing the situation and, it's, and they're all by themselves. It's not true. That's a lie. Some give in to fear. One of the signs of an unhealed father wound is fear. Amen? Because if we have a proper understanding and relationship with the father, 
Praise God. We know that he's with us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. And that he has a great destiny that he planned for us before the foundation of the world. Amen. When he foreknew us, God predestined us. Praise God. It's important to understand that. We, so we need to make sure that we have this affirmation of the Father. And he says, ask of me and I'm going to give you what? The nations. Praise God. Therefore, what be wise and be instructed, serve the Lord how? Just however you want and just, just any old way. No, with fear. With fear. With a holy reverence. And let me just say this. Throw in a dash of, this is God Almighty. When John the Revelator saw Jesus, he fell at his feet as if he were dead. And this is a man who leaned his head up upon his breast and heard his heartbeat his closest earthly friend, when he saw the resurrected Christ, he's so awesome. He fell at his feet as if he were dead. He was asking permission to take the next breath. Praise God. So, you know, don't get in a bondage of fear with it, but understand who you're dealing with. And rejoice with trembling and kiss the Son. What should our response be? We're going to be lovers of God, great lovers, and great warriors. Praise God. Great lovers and great warriors. What makes great warriors for God? To the degree that you will rec recklessly love Him. To the degree that you will be a reckless warrior. What makes you withhold your love is the same thing that will defeat you on the battlefield. It's your flesh your carnality reckless lovers you know when Stefan our youngest son he was home with me being front row and Stefan you know big strapping guy tremendous athlete and he'd be up there dancing and, and, and praising the Lord I said you're not out you're not out praising me Stefan I said you're not going to dance more than I do you're not you, you're not you're not you're not going to do that amen hallelujah Right, is out the house. I don't know if I could keep up with him anymore. All right. But you understand what I'm saying. Reckless. Reckless abandon. Sure. Huh. I never forget we were first saved. We were going to a Methodist church. And I, I was radically saved. This church didn't even believe in the Bible. They didn't believe that you needed to be born again. They definitely didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was, had gotten radically saved. My wife was radically saved. Then we get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They really don't know what to do with us at this point. Well, I'm going to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. It was in a restaurant, Old Bosco's in Slidell. And, and I was going in a restaurant. Well, they, this couple who, who would sit in front of, who was on the board of the message church, was in the bar drinking and drunk. We had to walk through the bar to get to the room where the full gospel businessmen meet. And they see me, they turn around, oh, we know who you are. You that God that sings loud in church. <laughs> I, I said, well, I, I don't realize how loud I am. I said, obviously, you know, I, I hope I wasn't offensive to you. I said, but I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I said, I was really lost. 
said, but now I've been found. Come on. Blind, but now I see. I've been in bondage, but now, glory to God, I'm set free. At that point, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was dangerous. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But reckless, 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 reckless. Could people watch you and determine your degree of being a warrior by how you worship? Or are you a, a monument to the concrete company? Your statue. Okay. I know how you love Jesus, how you got a death grip on that seat in front of you. Or are you looking for a baby to hold? Anything that will keep you from really having any excuse other than to just, amen, get down and love him. Hallelujah. That's what worship really is. Worship really is. Hallelujah. All right. Maybe we have some kind of music. Is Nick going to play on the keyboard? Isn't Brother Nick a blessing? Great God. Great God. Tremendous. Maybe you, you would like to say, Pastor, I, I really want to make things right with the Lord. Maybe you're saved. Maybe you're not even saved. You've never, ever accepted Christ. You'd like to accept Jesus into your life. But you want to make it right. Praise God. Just, just raise your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just raise your hand. You want to make it right. Praise the Lord. I see that hand. I see the hands in the back.